0: To the happiest places to work podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. We create and build insanely happy workforces for companies around the world. We believe that by creating better people at work, they will create better businesses and better businesses build a better world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the most inspiring podcasts in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. crazy happy people welcome to the happiest places to work podcast today we have a very special guest with us Tyler Robert Robertson and Tyler is the CEO of diesel laptops which don't let it confuse you like it kind of confused me at first because they do much more than just laptops but welcome to the show Tyler
1: well, thank you. And they also do not run on diesel. That's the other question we get asked all the time. So, but we're good. So thank you for inviting me on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> you know, but once you click on your website, you very quickly realize that it's that we're not just talking about laptops here. We're talking about software and some other stuff. So maybe give us just a little rendition of what diesel laptops is.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're in the B2B space and we're here to help people be more efficient at fixing diesel powered things. And, and those things are really, really two things, things that are on highway, the commercial trucks everyone sees today and brings groceries and fills the stores up. And then you have the off highway stuff. That's the stuff people don't see. That's the farm tractors. That's the things moving dirt and building buildings and generators and water pumps. And it's actually a much bigger world than the on highway world. And you're right. It started with just selling a laptop kit but okay. we realized it's kind of like just giving a person a tool without training and other information other pieces they need and we've surrounded that with other products and services to you know stand on more than one leg on the revenue side so it's been a been a fun journey through 7 years
0: i love it so are you a manufacturer distributor service provider all touch you touch all those <laughs> those.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yes i mean we're we have we we have engineers and we make our own products but I've always had the mentality of, look, if you make one product, it's not gonna fit every customer. We have to find all these solutions for people. So, especially in our world, some people want a $200 tool, some people need a $10,000 tool and we have to have those solutions to fit everybody. So yeah, we do all that. We're the largest distributor in the world for a lot of the brands we carry. Uh, plus our own products are obviously very popular and we have software and services that we we surround all that stuff with. So yeah, we got, we got a lot going on over here.
0: Amazing, so you are based out of South Carolina?
1: Yep, South and, Carolina.
0: And do you have um, multiple locations, or is it just one location where you operate everything out of?
1: So we started to open up more locations because, what? Although we're 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 an internet place, we're not going door to door selling things. We're we're doing things over the internet and phone calls and and this type of thing. But what happens is you have clients all over North America in a heartbeat, and they're buying these really our most popular tools cost like ten thousand dollars, and. People buy it and now you just handed a $10,000 Cadillac of a tool to someone that doesn't even really know how to use a computer that well, right? Right. So we figured out we need to do training. Um, And not only that, but people are buying the tool and they don't know how to work through problems because there's no training available to people uh, continue education for diesel technicians. So we opened up training centers. So we have training centers in Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas and there'll be more. And people go into these classes and they're one day classes on specialized things and it's half lab half labs and tr- we have trucks and we have lab stations and all kinds of things to keep it interactive and fun for everybody. Awesome. So yeah, so we're, we're expanding quickly.
0: So it's so interesting, you know, you talk about, cause obviously you're talking about on the consumers or on the customer side of things like training, um, you know, not giving them this $10,000 item and saying, Hey, good luck, uh, <laughs> go ahead and search YouTube. If it doesn't work, you know, you're providing that solution to them. So I'm, I'm wondering how that kind of correlates now. Let's talk about internally. And some of the things that you do internally that's that's very similar, like I'm assuming you don't just hire someone, give them a $50,000 salary or whatever and say, good luck. Right. So you, my guess is that mentality really shifts over internally as well. So what are some of the things that you do internally?
1: Yeah. So just a quick story before I talk about this, because we call it diesel training in, in, inside as well. And you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, we have to train people. They know nothing about trucks and nothing about diagnostics when we hire them. Um, But before that, even we actually had hired, we had uh, when COVID happened, we took one of our uh, extra conference rooms and we actually made it into a a classroom for elementary kids. And we hired a teacher and we brought that animated a free service during COVID. Uh, But then COVID, you know, kind of ended, I guess, or whatever stage we're in. Uh, Kids went back to school and we just said, you know what, we we called that. Diesel Laptop University. Let's just keep calling it Diesel Laptop University down there. And, but let's make it for our own, our own employees. So we brought in a full-time trainer, and he was promoted out of our company. And we said, your job is to educate the 200 people here that know nothing about trucks and nothing about diagnostics. And <laughs> that's been one of our struggles scaling up the sales side is we can't hire them fast enough because it's really a 30 or 60-day learning process. And then you got to learn how to work the phones. And it's their first professional job. And it's a lot of a younger crowd that's in there. So we had to put some structure and we started hiring people instead of one at a time, hiring them five or 10 at a time to try to try to scale up as quick as we can. So that's how we've been handling inside. And people that have never, people that can work out, they're even sat in a truck. So we own trucks, they sit in them, we drive them around a little bit, they pop the hood and start <laughs> learning what all these words are that we use in our industry.
0: <laughs> you know, I really like that. Uh, I kind of came from a similar industry, similar world. My degree is an in industrial distribution. But um, anyway, so I worked for an electrical distributor for 10 plus years, and one of the really cool things that I always thought that they did was once you were hired on with the company, um, for the most part, it didn't really matter what level, I guess, of the organization that you got hired on it they would always start you in the warehouse and, you know, you would have to, you would have to work in the warehouse, not have to, but you would work in the warehouse for a week or two. You would ride along with the truck drivers. You would sit with the quotations department, like really just kind of immersing yourself and learning all of these things because not always did we hire somebody who had all this knowledge of electrical components. Like that just wasn't the case, but that didn't mean that they, couldn't serve in their in their function so i always just thought that that was so brilliant and so genius um and you know i still to this day say i really loved my days in the warehouse
1: (laughs) yeah i mean we we do a very similar thing mainly for the salespeople. it's hey go spend a day in tech support go spend a day in this department engineering and a training class and you have to do those things i mean especially when you're in a b2b and an early niche thing when we start talking about, you know, DPS and EGRs and fault DTCs and all these acronyms we use, it's alphabet super down here, but they have to pick that up because that's what customers are asking them on the phone. Yeah. They have to know what those things mean and they can't just, you know, give them a blank blank stare or, uh, I don't know after every question.
0: Yeah, so, so it. To me, it sounds a little similar. It's like I used to always say, like, we're not in like this really sexy industry. Like when I was hiring people, like, hey, we're not in a sexy industry, so if that's what you're looking for, like, this isn't it, right? So I, it kind of feels very similar, and and so I'm curious, like, what types of things do you do to keep it fun? Because like you say, DTC, I think was one of them, and and a element op and whatever like so how do you keep it fun so that you know as as your employees are learning um they're also they're retaining it but they're also like yeah this is actually really cool
1: yeah so i mean we're we are you know in our industry trucking people have never really cared about it it's it's people now care about it in 2021 and 2022 right (laughs) it's not moving to places shelves are empty everything's back ordered and it's it's my the industry that I'm in. That's that's trying to help solve that problem. Yeah, and we've been one of the fastest growing companies. So we continually win awards. You know, Inc. 500, Inc. 5000, fastest growing in South Carolina, all those things. Uh, but for the employee side of things, we we really try to do as much as we can for them, right? So each manager department, they have a budget every year, and we say, hey, go go do something fun with your team. It could be go kart racing, it could be going to a theme park, it could be doing a family picnic or whatever it is. We want to be there to allow you to do some things with your team and and keep building the team and the morale and, and all those things. And we do a lot of things internally too. I mean, we have pretty strong bonus programs we've laid out for everybody this year. We get everyone rowing the boat the same direction and they, they know where, where we need to get to for revenue and to get those big bonuses. Um, we do company lunches, we do Christmas parties and we do, um, you know, better for worse. We have, we have a Slack channel. I think there's more memes and jokes that go on our (laughs) Slack channel than actual work conversations some days, but it it really helps, especially if people work in remote and hybrid and and all the things that we got to deal with now, you know, kind of post COVID.
0: Yeah. So have you always had employees working remote or is that something that, um, you kind of dove into during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, we definitely dove into it in the pandemic, but we were a little bit ahead of everybody because, um, one, we our, our biggest countries that we import products from were the first three countries to get really shut down by COVID. It was China, then Italy, then Spain. That's my top three import countries for, for a lot of our tools. Yeah. So we saw it coming and we were really ready for it. Mm. Um, And I can say this, we've learned a lot of lessons, I think like most organizations have, and some departments of mine will never work back in the office. They work awesome at home and they, they're perfectly capable. Other departments, and it's typically newer departments where we're trying to create new things, or it's a bunch of new employees that don't know anything um, in our company yet, right? Those right. are the ones that typically have not worked out well from home, um, and we've had to say, "Hey, sorry, you're you're coming back to the office for whatever reasons." Um, yeah. And a lot of it goes back to just they're just inexperienced, and I think there's also a difference of maturity with someone that's in their early 20s versus someone that's in their you know 30s, 40s, or 50s and being able to handle the differences on, on what's required there.
0: Yeah, of course. You know, it's so interesting. I was looking at your LinkedIn page before this and you have a recent post there, which is so funny to me. Maybe I should just read it because I'll probably butcher it if I don't Um, see if I can get to it quickly. But uh, you said, oh, you know, something is going down. Let me just click on this. (laughs) <laughs> I know you know where I'm going with this. Oh, I know exactly where uh, you're going. <laughs> you know, so you you just know something is going down when your senior vice president of HR legal is wearing a wrestling mask. An employee is on the floor, and marketing has a camera out. I figured it was best I didn't ask and just retreated to my office. So to me, like when I read that, I was like, oh, this is such a fun environment, I'm sure, to work in. And, and uh, you know, I don't know what was going down there, but uh, <laughs> everyone seems like they're, you know, it's, it's all in fun, and the comments are all in fun as well, so.
1: Yeah, so we have a great senior VP of HR and he's also an attorney. So I kind of got a a two for one (laughs) there. he came out of Amazon and Kia Motors and he's been in some bigger organizations and he realizes, hey, we need to keep it fun and loose and and fun as HR possibly can be, right? So he's big into, ironically, he's big into comic books and big into wrestling. So (laughs) he's had this idea forever to do a workman's comp video for our our employees. Uh, It involves, yeah, it it, ended up involving him Uh, basically attacking one of our senior leadership members down there in the sales department that just won an award and they get into a whole workman's comp skit that they did. So (laughs) he was pretty excited about it. So he planned it for about a month, I think.
0: Oh, wow. I love that. So fun. (laughs) I mean, you know, I just think to like prospective employees, they might be looking at that and going, yeah, this is like a really cool environment, you know, to work in. I, I saw one of the comments on there was like, uh, oh, like, bummer, like, these are the things that I miss from working, you know, but from by working at from home. And I thought, yeah, like, this is this brings the workplace back. Right. And these are some of the things that organizations can do to bring the workplace back.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so seven years ago, I was in my garage and dining room table. Today, we got about 200 employees. So, you know, as a company grows, you have to get a little more structured and have some more things in there. But you also don't want to lose that that entrepreneurial, this is a fun place to work and, and do these things. And that's always a tough line to walk across, especially as you're trying to grow and, you know, present yourself to bigger organizations and bigger clients and all those things. So you have to you have to figure out where that path is. And I, I think we do a really good job of it. It's It's a really loose atmosphere around here um you know it's not uncommon especially in the summer people are wearing shorts and t-shirts and that type of thing so it, it's it's really laid back we don't have a lot of customers that come in and when we do we let employees know like hey clean up your area you know put some <laughs> pants on let's <laughs> sort of like presentable here we got some you know this guy might buy a million dollars from us let's, let's make us look like a real business so uh, but it, it's that's just part of who we are
0: do you think that that has changed over time like do you think you the work environment for for you for Diesel has like changed over time? Has become more relaxed and casual over time?
1: Yeah, I would say it's. like
0: that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's always been casual. I mean you got to come out. I started in my garage, and then I started like in the you know our first place was like in the back of a photography studio, and it was just me and another guy or gal. Right? It was. It's always been really loose and in and in, in everything. The the problem has been is as I like grown. I don't get to know the employees like I got to know them before. Like I used to hire them, I brought them out to lunch, hey, are you married? Who are your kids? What are they into? You know, all those where are you from, all those things. So now, you know, now unfortunately all I get to really do is, you know, I get an employee that comes in, new hires come in for 50, 15 to 30 minutes and we just try to do the same thing, but it's it's a lot more difficult from the top all the way to every employee. So you really depend on your managers and answer that question you can really look kind of even department by department there's a little bit of a different culture a little bit of a different feel on how they do things and some are more relaxed and laid back uh, like our production way more laid back than our accounting staff is right but sure. that's just there's, there's some differences there that happen <laughs> yeah so
0: i'm curious because you, you've said it a couple of times now and so now i really want to know so So you started, you said, at your dining room table. (laughs) How, like, why did you get into this? What was the interest for you that you were like, I'm gonna start this company?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't want to. I was just doing it part time for kind of beer money. And it just kept growing and growing. And one day my employer that I was working for um, came to me and said, hey, great news. We're going to we're gonna give you a raise and we're going to double your bonus this year. And I'm like, well, that's odd because you just gave me a raise and just gave me a bonus not too long ago. And they're like, I know, but you need to quit your side business. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. And I, I was actually going to quit it. And my wife's the one that convinced me to say, hey, I, I think you should give it a shot. You know, let's just see what happens. Um, and I was like, all right, we well, right, we'll give it a shot. And we were really fortunate. We had no debt. And even when I was working for someone else, like the house was almost paid off. So we had, we had a lot of runway, but we also had a, I also had a wife that wasn't employed and I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old at home. So, uh, we kind of, you know, said, Hey, let's, let's find out. And, you know, thankfully I'm glad she pushed me. Cause I probably would have went the other way. Um, if she wouldn't have been there.
0: So how many years ago was that?
1: It'll be seven years in March. So we've, we bootstrapped it from, from that day to, you know, we'll do a little north of, we did north of 50 million last year in revenue and we're growing 30, 40, 50% this year already. So it's, it's still going fast.
0: Well, yeah. congratulations on that growth and success. I, you know, seven years. while to some might sound like a long time, but when you are building a company, it's like in the blink of an eye.
1: Oh, right. it feels like so. yesterday. Like these things come up, you know, on LinkedIn, right? Like yeah. this employee's been with you for four years. I'm like, really? Like it feels like we hired them <laughs> six months ago. But yeah, it, it it's been a fun journey, and you know, especially now when you talk about culture and these things, it's it's really tough. I mean, you got. 11 million open jobs out there it's the, it, the era of the great resignation and people are looking and people are getting throwing big money at them and everyone's trying to figure out how do you retain people and still not get your cost crazy high so you stay in business so it's, yeah. it's a difficult time for for i think most companies right now
0: and so for our listeners out there who may be in a similar situation like what advice do you have for them when it comes to employee retention like what are some of the things that you've done
1: yeah. I mean, we do we do everything we can, right? We put a very strong bonus program in. I mean, the, the bonus program we put in this year, they're on pace for me to pay out over $3 million in bonuses to our employees this year. So there, there's a great program there. We're trying to get much better at giving people career paths. Like, hey, you start here, you do these things. This This is where you're going to get to eventually so we're trying to put all those things together you know you want to make it a, a fun place to work you want to make sure that they know they have it's important what they do you want to make sure they have a path to future earnings and future potential and all those things and we make a big deal about promoting people internally i mean we have people that were um, essentially in our warehouse or executive assistants that are now managers inside the company doing various roles and we always try to promote from within first yeah. so we, we try to get that message across but i think it's like every company you're going to lose employees people are always you know, leave for a lot of different reasons, and you know, right now with with everyone looking for for employees, you know, we've always said, hey, we're not, we can't be the top paying company in the in the industry or in the area. We'll be out of business if we do that, but we don't want to be the lowest. We need to be in the middle, and we need to treat employees great and give them some career paths and opportunities, and not make it a stressful place to work at. So, you know, that's kind of our multi pronged approach to it.
0: I love it. I love it. One of the key things I think you said there is just uh, the career path. You know like allowing them to see um, where their future can take them and I know for myself when I was in distribution that was one of the things that um, my company did really really well and so you're constantly knowing that you can get there and so you're working really really hard to keep going and and uh, that's something that I see uh, a lot of managers not do right Um, they think that they just need to earn it and like they just know that those opportunities are there but sometimes it just takes somebody to believe in you, you know, to say, hey, I believe you can be the vice president of this someday or the manager of that or whatever it is that they want.
1: So real quick story. The yeah. first hire I ever had, he was out of high school doing like community tech college, flipping, you know, making pizzas. Right. And subs. So yeah. So- and I needed a I needed an employee and he lived like six houses down from me in my neighborhood. And, you know, he came over and I, I don't think he ever showed up for on time, like that first three months to work. He's only six houses away. But um, <laughs> anyway, now today, his name's Riley. Um, today he's, he's like second in command over here. He's director of our operations. He's in his mid twenties. Um, yeah. It's just amazing how quickly he absorbed and learned things. And it went from like him basically packing stuff in the warehouse and going to UPS every day to managing a ton of people and helping with company direction. And, uh, to see someone in their early 20s like that be able to take that responsibility on and just just blossom with it. it, it's its its really great to see. And we've had people come out of our IT department that now work in HR, and they do security, and they do DevOps. Dev so it just – we want to give that opportunity to people and get them in the door and, and show them, hey, there's – we're in this with you. And we yeah. do a lot to help them with continuing education to make sure that happens.
0: That is amazing, and I kind of want to, like, just even close on that because – Uh, it's such a it's such a beautiful story and I'm sure Riley has so much more you know growth to be had in his lifetime and he'll be wildly successful but let's not forget that um, he's gonna be wildly successful of course because he's awesome but he's had a lot of leadership um, in yourself and probably others along the way so thanks for sharing that story that's awesome if you were to describe a happy workplace in one word what word would you use
1: Oh man, these are, these are always the tough ones, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, like growth. If I throw a word there, it's growth. I mean, that, that's really what our company is. The name. It's a growth company and we want to have our employees grow and be better. We talk about it all the time. Like just be 1% better. That's all we need you to do. Be 1%. And those 1% add up and they add up to, to tremendous things at the end of the day. So I can't speak enough on some of the, we have so many employees here that had never been managers before, they've never been leaders, they were just kind of doers at other places. And now they're managing and leading and they're learning how not to do and how to actually manage. And that's a difficult skill set. a lot of people have a hard time grasping. Um, so it's a big thing we focus on. I mean, I, you have to do that. And as a leader, I have to give up control to trust them to go do those things, which can be difficult too. Right. Uh, so it's, it's all about growth. It's growth in the company, growth in the employees. And I, I think everyone here in the company realizes the trajectory we were on and it really helps.
0: Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if people want to check out Diesel Laptops, it is very simple. It is diesellaptops.com. But again, don't be confused. There is so much more to the company than just laptops. What a great success and growth story that you have from the dining room to where you are today. So congratulations on that. And also just a huge like honor, or I just want to give you a huge honor right now because it's not easy to grow a company that quickly to that size and still keep the company culture. And so if people want to connect with you, um, or even I would just suggest follow Tyler on LinkedIn. (laughs) Some of his posts are great. So you can get some, uh, some of your own ideas uh, for, for your workplace. And thank you so much for being on the show.
1: No problem at all. It's been great conversation. And you were right. It went by in a blink. So thank you very
0: much. (laughs) It always does. It always does. Thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. If you are a CEO, HR director, or wellness director for a successful company and would like to be on this program, please visit choose happyme slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag happiest places to work podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Amy N. Dix. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.